guys, what's going on? Welcome back to another ESL podcast, man. We are in the last phase. We only have three episodes left of the sales podcast, people. That is right. We're getting into customer care. We're going to get into another segment, which is obviously investigating complaints, reporting back to the customer, and then we're going to listen to the last of four. We have a new one by the name of Estelle Albertin, who we will be Again, listening to along with Lisa Cato, Robert Harrison, and Phil Berg. And that will be the end of the sales aspect of the English for Academic English for Academic Purposes podcast. Now, after that will be the next phase. It's not going to be sales. It's going to be something that you're going to have to write down a lot of vocabulary and do a lot of really good research, people. This is going to be very, very actionable for a lot of you out there. Okay, so this one didn't feature too much, you know, too much vocabulary because we're just trying to build up your confidence, your speaking skills, everything. But the next phase most certainly will. So with that being said, people, here we go. (sighs) Customer care. This is huge. I've been fortunate enough to, to, to be living here you know, or having an online business where obviously no one would ever complain about me because I give 120% in everything, you know? Um, it's, it's funny because a girl who I used to work with about five years ago, uh, she ended up, you know, coming about all of a sudden. And I'm like, oh, well, I haven't heard from you in a while. And, you know, the story was that she went to Hong Kong and for whatever reason that is, and again, when, when Thai people and Thai women have a tendency of going to Hong Kong and stayed there for a long time, I'm not going to judge them. There's some things going on. But she was already part of that because knowing her background. But nonetheless, we reconvened and it sounded like, oh, I have a boyfriend. He's in Hong Kong right now. I said, wonderful. And what was really interesting about her is that Although I told her about what I was doing, what I had accomplished, the racism, all that stuff that I had to overcome, she only had the image of me when she had left that job. And I was labeled as the bad one. Now, the bad one, she meant to say the rebellious one, because I wasn't just going to sit there in the confines of everything. My goal was to have my students and care for them to the umpteenth degree at this specific tutorial center. But what happens is when you have the sales staff who are sailing and the number one sales staff ended up quitting in February of 2017, it's very, very difficult to build that, that, that report with the current sales staff because they are for the very older teacher who does not want to build on ideas and he's not forward thinking. He's a 1970s types, a type of thinker. So it's so funny because when I was having a conversation with this individual, she's like, yeah, uh, Fang, which was the nickname of the girl who I used to work, work with, okay, four to five years ago. She's like, yeah, Fang said you were so bad. Yeah, she, she really liked Harry. Harry was the guy who told me that I wasn't good enough, although I was actually the number one. The jealousy was unbelievable. And to get jealousy from people over 50 and 60 years old, that means I'm doing something phenomenally well. But she was literally speaking to me from a lens of old, from a lens of a half decade ago. 
And I said, listen, I mean, it's really awesome to see that you're okay and you're doing well. But if you keep talking about the past, like, and you keep saying, oh, they said this, they said, I don't care what they said. Seriously. Cool. Fantastic. Where are they at in their life now? You, you know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah, I blasted all of them on my personal development podcast because I truly believed that, you know, they came out here for all the reasons. And if I believe that you came out here with an insidious, insidious agenda, meaning a very malice and ugly agenda, I'm going to call you out on that. And if you don't like it, bye-bye. Go cry to someone else who doesn't want to hear. So they took away my customers. They took away my students. They tried to give me less and less work. And I went from making a pretty high salary to having more than a 30 to 40% reduction in my salary. And I kept telling them, and I was like, dude, why aren't you giving me these classes anymore? Oh, I don't think you could teach them. Bro, stop with the feelings. You got to get out your feelings. Like, like when it came to America, we need scientific based evidence in regards to COVID and what it does and what has been happening around the world. Get out your feelings, what you think and believe in science. You know, this is what I said. Look at the facts. All my students achieve their IELTS scores. I understand that I've insulted you and I've insulted all the other teachers because I called you out in your disgustingness and I feel really good about it. But you got to get out your feels. You got to give me work. And then I said, you know what, Arsenio? Enough is enough. Leave. And I left. And it was hard because I really wanted to prove to him that I would never escape and I wanted to make his life a living hell. But Listen, he's at the end of his life. He came out here to marry a woman. That guy is already broken. He just, he's just getting over the death of his sister who didn't really like him to begin with. And she just died of cancer. I'm like, dude, Arsenio, just let all these people go. So I said, you know what? Why am I over here begging? It's, it's really interesting. Before I leave this little segment, guys, and before we get into how we can apologize, empathize, listen, and solve different things, I could give 120% to some of the Thai students on the outskirts of Bangkok in a place called Rangsit Patumtani, but they would literally complain behind my back. Now, remember, I told you guys last month why Thai students never get, get ahead with learning English. There was a business student who I had talked to, okay, uh, and I had my first class with her. I wanted to evaluate everything. Okay, you're in corporate finance. Okay, you're in sales. Okay, I'm going to do this, this, and this. She comes from a background, 26 years old, of, oh, no, open the book. I want you to teach me like this. Open the book. And I'm like, wait, okay, you want me to teach you I am, you are, we are, they are, he is, she is, it is? I was just having another conversation with someone who you probably will hear or probably have already heard. And she told me that a lot of her business teachers and the teachers that she knows, they kind of just wing the lessons because a lot of the students want to just develop fluency. And me, I'm like, well, yeah, I mean, and she's like, yeah, but there's got to be structure. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, yeah, to a certain extent, all my podcasts are structured. Absolutely. They really are. They, okay, this phase, I'm going to talk about this. I'm going to introduce this. I'm going to give you guys some follow-ups, a process for guaranteed satisfaction. Then we're going to go into a listening. I have a structure, but some people who want to just develop their spoken fluency, they prefer that over structure any day. 
It's just like with the conversation students at that same job a long time ago, they didn't want me to open up the book. They wanted to talk about real life stuff. And guess what? Their fluency developed more than going through the, okay, vocabulary with this, grammar with this. Because if you guys don't keep summing that up and if they don't learn it outside, you see what I mean, people? Like, you know how I learned vocabulary and my grammar by reading. I don't need a teacher to help me with that. You know, like when it comes to Spanish, I got to speak it. I got to practice my R's. Corre, corre, corre. You see what I mean? I have to practice. Corremos. You see, I have to practice the R. There isn't, the structure isn't going to help me in practicing the R. Do you guys get what I'm saying? So anyways, when you see your own students and that business student coming behind my back and say, oh, I want to learn it like this, this, and this. I said, you know what? Goodbye. You're going to make up 80% of my unhappiness. You literally just went behind my back and you didn't complain, but you told them exactly how you would like to learn. Although you told me that you wanted to learn this way. There's a specific meeting in Thai called Kreng Chai. That means, oh, well, we don't want to tell you face-to-face that, you know, we want it like this. We're just going to agree with you. And then we're going to kind of insult you behind your back. And then we're going to, and that's going to be like a, a slap in the face. And then I said, ah, oh, give her to another teacher. Goodbye. Don't need your money. Listen, I get paid very minimal from that job. I do so much for as little as I get, like for that amount of money, I do a lot for that amount of money. So if you don't like it, hey, goodbye. You can find someone else. That's how I do it. Why? Because I know there are people online who I've taught for five times the amount who buy my courses or getting ready to buy my courses, who believe in me, who listen to my podcasts that are far more willing and they appreciate me much more than the majority of Thai students here. So, okay, I got a little bit sidetracked. So let's come back. But again, this is what we, like we're talking about complaints here. And I got three questions for you. (sighs) Do you agree with it or why? Number one, a complaint is an opportunity to make a lifelong customer. Um, I don't know. Uh, What do you guys think? That's the question that you're going to have to ask. Remember to follow my Arsenio's ESL podcast on Instagram to get a lot of these, you know, to get a lot of this, you know, customer care and everything um, and all these little templates and stuff. But again, I mean, I, I've seen people complain at like Best Buy. It's a, a, what is it? An electronic store out there in America. This white guy was literally yelling at the top of his lungs to this black guy. And the black guy was just listening. He was just listening, you know? And there was no solving. This guy just wanted to unleash him. And that was the end of it. And I'm like, well, I guess if you're going to complain like that and not get anything done and you feel better about yourself, then by all means. But that is not going to make a lifelong customer. Again, it's all based on opinion. So what do you guys think? Number two, sometimes the customer is wrong. (sighs) A lot of people, especially in America, they always say, remember, the customer is always right. But again, if you read Dale Carnegie's How to Win and Influence People, there are particular questions that you can ask a customer that gets down to the root cause, and you're not trying to prove your point or prove them wrong, they're going to end up seeing that they are wrong. There was a point where Dale Carnegie, you know, he was standing at, uh, you know, at this, uh, well, I'm sorry, he drove into a farm to a place that 
he had sold some wood. And the people complained and called him saying, oh, you didn't sell my wood. Oh, I'm sorry, you sold us the wrong wood. So he went down there and he found two men with their fists bolted up. They were getting ready to fight. And Dale Carnegie said, I'm going to come in cool and say, hello, gentlemen. Hey, you know what? Can we go back there and see da 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 And so the guy was angry at first and he's saying, see, look at this, look at this. And Dale Carnegie was like, that's the wood I sold you. But he didn't say it. He just started asking questions. And one after another, get into the third question, fourth question, fifth question, the guy's tonality and the anger lover level had gone down. And then he realized he made a mistake. And then he ultimately ended up becoming a lifelong customer. So uh, I mean, going back to question number one, it could be, like I said. So when saying that, you don't have to tell them they're wrong. You could just ask them the right questions, right? Be like, no, I sold it for this. Be like, wait, wait, wait. On here, it says this, this, and it dated this, this, and you signed it. I'm not going to tell you you're wrong. I'm just going to tell you the fact. I'm just going to show you the facts going back to the whole science, right? So, and number three, how you deal with complaints shows your customers the most about the company. One million percent. One million percent. So again, you know, the last time, you know, again, the business student, she didn't complain about me that much, but there was a big complaint uh december 2018 and there was another complaint because i had to babysit these goddamn clowns man uh like april 2019 i like speaking freely about this uh but because those complaints were like in a three to four month period that lady she gave me no work for eight months and then when I started canceling the saturday she was like why do you keep canceling i'm gonna i'm gonna write this down i'm like well you're not giving me any work you're giving all the other works to the Caucasian teachers. One Caucasian teacher has five classes in one day. I have zero. I see what you're doing. I see what you're doing. So good, but I'm, no, I'm not giving you any time. So I went to another branch and she's like, no, you work here. I said, no, I do not work there. I work everywhere. You do not have work for me. Goodbye. Do we have an understanding? And sometimes there would be very uh, taxed situations such as like a 40% tax, like there would be outburst and lack of understanding and uh, the raising of voices and stuff like that. Then that ceased to happen from 2019 past the summer. It was no more. But in saying that, you got to deal with your, like going back to that, those specific students, the two students, there was, um, it was so weird. And, but this is the thing about Thailand. People could be very two-faced. I'm like, hey, you know what? Christmas is tomorrow. I'm going to have to cancel my class. They're like, no, we want another teacher. They were joking though. I've known them for the longest, but they were very lazy. And one of them was like, she felt like she was a superstar, right? She felt like, oh, my family's rich. Therefore I could do anything. She went to one of the top universities by the name of Thomasat out here. Um, and she thinks because, you know, she's rich, she could say and do whatever she wants. And for them to go behind my back like that and to say, oh, we're not getting this. We want another teacher. We want the, I was shocked. I couldn't believe it. And I say, you know what? I'm not going to try to defend myself, but I'll never speak to him again. Give him to another teacher. Get him out of my face. I mean, it was just, it was amazing um, to see, you know, that happen. And it's crazy because they kept coming to the language center for the next five months. 
but we would just pass by each other in the hallway, although we would have some of the most amazing conversations. And I knew something was wrong with one specific student because it felt like as if she loved me, the one from Thomas Light University, like she's 22. Like she was very like, oh yeah, yeah. You know, she was just so open, you know, and she was very empathizing. But again, dealing with that complaint, I'm like, okay, whatever. And it's really funny. I had two twins. They were, I think it's called fraternal twins. One was a girl, one was a boy, right? But I could not control them. They would destroy everything. They would dig in my bags. Like the mother has done a, a, the most pathetic job taking care of them. <clears throat> and then the mother recorded a voice note on the little girl's watch. Now, granted, they're four years old, right? Oh, they're just kids. Believe me. Those aren't just kids compared to what kids I've seen. Those were Bebe's kids. B-E-B-E, check that out on YouTube. That's Bebe's kids. Now, the mother recorded a voice note on the watch and she said, hey, you know what? Can you teach outside? I said, oh my God, that's awesome. But it's crazy. The only way I could handle those children was by showing them movies. And the next thing you know, I guess they, uh, the children ended up saying, oh yeah, we just watch movies all day. She called and complained and said, oh, why is he showing movies? And then they just disappeared. It was really funny, I thought, but I just wanted to get away from those kids. Like, the, like there was no way to handle them by, uh, except showing them a movie, literally. Netflix was my best friend, you know? So, ah, guys, there it is. There it is. Does teaching these young individuals out here in Thailand bring me satisfaction? Absolutely not. Do they, does it bring me meaning? No. But what I look at in terms of my job here in Thailand, I look at it as it's a vehicle, right? And the vehicle, it has an engine, it has this. It's not so much about the vehicle, it's about the garage that it goes to, metaphorically speaking. So that garage is security, right? So you might get hailstorms, you might get a lot of wind, a lot of sleet, this, that. It's a protector, and that protector is a visa and a work permit. That's all my job is. It doesn't do anything else. And I'm not holding the quote unquote manager, the boss accountable for my finances. I would be a fool. Does he wake up every morning and say, hey, I'm going to try to commit and help you and help your future family and help you save for retirement? Hell no. So therefore, I'm not going to look out for you. So when the government had shut down, I said, well, here we go. I built everything up. Now I have like almost a half dozen uh, online clients. I have, you know, specific clients out here uh, in Thailand in the outskirts and everything. And so are they going to come first? Is my main job going to come first when everything opens back up? No, no, no. You guys didn't look out for me just as you didn't look out for me last time. And plus you guys don't pay me that much. It's pretty bad money. All you are is a garage. That's it. I give you this amount of hours, and that's the end of story. If you don't like it, goodbye. Okay, guys, I went way off track. I am so sorry. This is a rant among ages. I just want to teach you guys how to handle these types of situations and to not, to understand and know who you are, your value system, your integrities, your capabilities, and get in those results. Some people are going to point a finger in your face and say you're not good enough or, or complain about you behind your back, although they were, they were in front of your face the, the prior day. This is how people are. Some people are, okay? They're very petty. They're like children. No offense to children. No offense to children because children are even better than that. But just know 
And understand, do not, if you're waiting on a check, like a lot of people are in America from the government, and you're not taking sole possession and priority over your own finances and your financial future, you need to start reassessing your life. So let's leave it there. Now, when a customer complains, use the following process, okay? First, you got to listen. Don't immediately try to solve a problem. First, you got to listen to the customer, give them time to express their frustration, and then work out exactly what the problem is, all right? Then after that, okay, you can apologize. Once you've listened to the customer and shown that you understand their point of view, they're finally ready to listen to you. Apologize, ask the questions like I told you, the whole Dale Carnegie thing. Okay, let me understand you correctly. This is in terms of being an effective communicator. If you guys want me to do a separate podcast on that personal development, I'll be more than happy to, all right? Empathize, show you understand the customer's anger and validate how they're feeling right? Like reiterate it. Like if they're all oh, this and uh, this didn't happen, this didn't happen. Be like, okay. So for me, l- let me, let me see if I understand you. This happened, resulted in this. Okay. I understand. Okay. Now as a follow-up, let's do this. So it's kind of like <laughs> real quick. I had the biggest complaint ever about 10 years ago. I was l- working at the dental faculty practice at the college of Southern Nevada in Las Vegas. This guy came in, he looked angry. I gave him the chart to fill out. He's like, oh, come on, very loudly. I already filled one of these out. You're not very efficient at what you do. I said, sir, I completely understand that you're angry, but I do need you to fill this out. (laughs) It probably wasn't the best thing, but like, okay, so I see you've been here before. You're frustrated because of this. However, I still need this because we do not have anything on record and I do apologize for that. And there it is. But guess what? He went to the back office after everything was solved and he started yelling out very racially, racially uh, influenced expletives to some of the people. And they, he was talking about Mexican people and they kicked him out and they banned him and 86 him, meaning a permanent ban from coming back to that dental faculty practice. Ta-ta! Me, I said, listen, sir, I understand your frustration, but I need this. Probably not the best thing because he probably would get even more angry. But if you get loud and angry with them, this is exactly what they want you to do, to stoop to their level. Don't do that. Be calm, remain calm, and you got to ask the right questions. That empathizing and showing and validating how they're feeling. So you can re, and that's when the whole regaining of trust begins. And then the solving. Begin by asking customers what they'd like to see happen. If they have no preferences, you got to come up with a system, a systematic basis, like a one, two, three, four. One time I was in back office. I can't remember when this was. Um, oh, man, this had to be probably right, uh, probably right around the same time as the crazy guy. And this black lady was like, oh, my God, you did the wrong tooth. She was screaming at the top of her lungs. She was a, apparently blaming the dentist and telling him, that he had done the wrong tooth and said, no, this isn't the tooth that I needed done. Oh my God, oh my God. I don't know if that's what her plan was. And maybe she doesn't understand how the mouth works. Sometimes you feel that you have like very cold, like a cold sensation at the bottom, but it's opposite. So it's at the top. But nonetheless, he absolutely and obviously did the right tooth. But 
they weren't able to handle the situation at all. I heard the practice manager speaking to them. I heard her speaking to them with a different tone. If he was the dentist, and instead of him saying, calm down, calm down, calm down, he should have walked her through the process. Ma'am, do you see this? This is the tooth here. You believed it was this because of this. If he had done that, they wouldn't have had the 86 and ban her from ever coming back. See what I mean? So, guys, in saying that, let's listen to something. We're going to listen to Kamal. Kamal's a sales rep for Clean Direct, okay? It's a contract cleaning service. Now, he ends up receiving a customer complaint. Let's see how he goes about handling this situation. So what I'm going to do here, I'm going to screen share this sound over here, and we're going to get straight into the good stuff, if I can actually find the good stuff. So here we go. Clean Direct. Hi, could I speak to Kamal, please? Speaking. Hi, Kamal. This is Rachel at CT Services. Oh, hi, Rachel. How are you? Okay, thanks. Listen, I need to talk to you about something. Absolutely. How can I help? Well, I've been getting complaints in one of our offices about the standard of cleaning, particularly in the toilets. Really? I'm very sorry about that. Is there anything else? Yes. One of our employees spoke to your cleaner, but she responded very rudely. I must apologise. That's terrible. Which office are you having this problem in? It's our central office. Yes, I know it. Have there been any other problems? No, that's the main problem. Okay, let me check I've got everything. You're unhappy with the level of cleaning at your central office, and you say the cleaner has treated your staff rudely, is that correct? Yes, this is absolutely unacceptable. What are you going to do about it? Well, first of all, I'd like to say how sorry I am about your experience. You've received a poor level of service, and I understand exactly how you feel. I would be very angry in your position. Well, thank you for apologising. Okay, how can we solve this situation? What would you like to happen? Well, mainly, we just want the standard of cleaning we were promised, but... Go on. Well, now your employee has abused a member of our staff, I'm afraid she can't work here anymore. I can totally see that. So, this is what we'll do. I'll talk to the supervisor for the central area and we'll reassign the cleaner immediately. I also promise that we'll look into the cleaner's behaviour. That's good to know. We'll also set up a new cleaning team as quickly as possible and I'll phone you later today to let you know who the replacements are. Once the new team's in place, I'll get back in touch to check if you're happy with the standards. Okay, that sounds fine. Once again, I'm sorry you had this experience and I hope we can improve the situation in the future. I hope so too. Thanks, Kamal. Thanks, Rachel. There it is. Whoa, there's a lot to take out of this. He repeated everything that she had said. And then he said, what would you like us to do about it? I just think that's not good at all. He should go straight into the actionable steps because you should immediately put yourself in their position. This is called seeing from the other person's position. Empathy, not compassion. I don't need your pity. Empathy. So I would say from her position, I totally understand. And again, the whole repetition, it just somewhat sounds like mocking. 
you know, like I totally understand. Oh my God, I would do this. And, oh yes, absolutely. I would feel like that's more of a mocking. Okay. So I, I would kind of avoid that. And I would say, listen, I totally understand. Okay. So the level of par in regards to the cleaning service is not up to par along with this specific individual. Now, because you have already told me that this individual uh, verbally lashed out at one of the employees, I could see that it might be difficult for the employees to show up to work and to see that individual anymore, uh, unless you were to obviously sit both of them down, both the employee who works there and a goddamn cleaner, but that's not going to happen, right? So what I'm going to do is I'm going to immediately uh, uh, reassign this person to a different location and speak to her in regards to this because we want to make sure that we maintain customer service excellence at, you know, to the top regard. She would be like, oh my God, thank you so much. In addition to that, the next cleaning, cleaning team will be reassigned. And to further, you know, to, on top of that, I would like to have the person who actually trains the cleaners to go in and to get, you know, to, and like get the information obviously from you. What does she not do right? And if it's very trivial, no problem. Got to make sure that it's cleaned at this time. Do this, do this, do this, do this. Kind of like a re, kind of like a re, re, um, like reintroduce what exactly they have to do in terms of their job function and their role. Like you have one shot. Okay, I'll give you one warning. This is what Jack Canfield said to one of the, um, the people who actually cleaned up at the, well, I'm sorry, uh, the landscaping in regards to his yard. He said, listen, you have full responsibility. If there's something that's not done right, after I had told you this and this, I'm gonna give you one warning. After that, I'm gonna find somebody else. So again, she wanted to hurry up and reassign because obviously if you verbally abuse someone, you don't deserve to work there anymore. That's the end of it. Um, and so that's exactly, he did very, very well. The reiteration and stuff like that. And I think his lack of empathy in his tone could have been a little bit better, but me, I would have just like said everything right off the back as she would have been like, oh man, absolutely. Thank you so much. And that would have been like a restoration of trust. Now, being out here in Thailand, um, these same maids, I see them all the time. And they are, it, it, it is, again, like out there in England, I don't know about England. I don't know about other countries. I can only speak from experience here in Thailand. Now, normally the janitors and stuff out there uh, at the college or anywhere, um, they're actually very nice. You don't have problems with them and they don't really say much, right? Uh, but here in Thailand, they're extremely rude. And the thing is, they're not going to change whatsoever. So we call them mebans. I could ask them a simple question. I remember there was a package by its lonesome going up an elevator in the business district. And I'm like, dude, there is a box in the elevator and it keeps going up and down. So I told the maid, I said, excuse me, there's a, there's a package in the elevator. She's like, meaning, I don't know, I don't care. And I went to my job and I said, oh, my God. I said, hey, who is that? Oh, I, I started saying a lot of bad words. Let's put it that way. And she said, Arsenio, she 
is this because the people across the hall, they don't like us because we get a lot of clients and a lot of testers here. And I'm like, wait, so you're just going to hate the world and give shit service? And it's funny because these same people will end up being out of a job during the shutdown. And they want us to show empathy for them. But on a routine basis, you're just an extremely rude individual. So again, me, I'm a little bit lucky because some of the maids here uh, at my condominium, they're actually, the majority of them are good. But there's one lady who is a complete bitch. They call, we call them a manupa. That means a grumpy old woman. I do believe that she has multiple personalities, just as there's another guy slash girl, you know what they call them, you know, lady boy. We'll just, okay, it's a girl, right? Um, he is very schizophrenic. I've seen him smacking himself in the face on the street. It's kind of scary, but I think he's now taking his medication, so he's better. But anyways, um, this is a cleaning service that this, you know, condominium has hi had hired, right, to begin with. The majority of them are very nice, and I always joke with them. I always see them. They're so nice, right? But there's one that I never say anything to because she always backtalks me. She sasses me. She does this. She do I've seen her throw, like in the mini mart near my home, I saw her walk in, and she would just throw things on the counter. She's the rudest lady in the world. We call her a manupa. So anytime she says something, even when I left one day, <clears throat> one door was locked. I was going to leave out the door that she was literally wiping down as I was standing in front of. And then she said in Thai, why don't you use the other door? And if I spoke really good Thai, I'd be like, because I want to use this door because I want to use this door just to make you angry. Now get the hell away from me. Like, like leave me alone. Like, why are you wiping the door when someone is trying to leave? Do you not have any self-awareness? And she keeps doing it and looks at you and continues doing it. What kind of goddamn country is, no. <sighs> Do you guys get what I'm saying? The cleaners, they need to be prepared. They need to be like prepped for the job. Because some of them and the ones that I always see out here, again, it's not all of them. That's only one in my condo out of like 10 that I always see who are, an ex who are extremely nice, right? The ones, uh, there are a couple of them, or as a matter of fact, four of them at the place where I work, they're very nice. They always say, Sadika, they're extremely nice. And I never speak down on anyone, regardless of status, money, symbol. I don't believe in any of that garbage, right? I always give everybody respect. But if you don't give me respect and you look down on me because the color of my skin, which has happened on a number of occasions, well, welcome to hell. <laughs> welcome to hell, baby. And with that being said, guys, man, I hope you can get back something from this. Again, it's all about treating someone how they treat you there's not oh treat someone the way you want to be no there ain't no you want that's a wish that's a conditional okay treat people the way they treat you that's how it works handling complaints listening to that audio reiterating just a little bit okay so they did this and this oh my goodness okay so this is what i'm gonna do one two three four this 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 oh thank you so much that's how you handle it all right and again, if you can, hell, I don't know. I can't give you, I can't give you any ideas uh, in regards to the uh, ignorant folks that I deal with out here, but it's just to just ignore them and just wish them the best and have that empathy for them. That's it. That's all you can do. With that being said, guys, that was a hell of a long-ass podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed that. And stay tuned for a lot more. I'm your host, as always, over and out.